Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hey there, dear listener. This episode is releasing on January 17th, 2024. The episode of Call of Discovery announcing me as a co-host came out on January 16th, 2020. This episode marks a full four years of me creating content for Keyforge. I can't think of a better way to have spent my hobby time and my serious hobby content creation time than this in the past four years. And if you heard the end of the previous episode, you know that this episode, number 35, is the final episode of Keyforge Public Radio. I've picked up a number of additional community roles in the past year or so here in my town, as well as trying to get up and running a small business based on content marketing and podcasts. The show does take a lot of time and headspace to execute on it the way that I want to, thus the decision to go ahead and sunset it. That being said, I am very excited for what Keyforge has upcoming in 2024, and couldn't think of a better way to land the plane here on Keyforge Public Radio than interviewing Board Game Geek's own Candace Harris. And you're gonna see why during this episode. Not only is Candace an amazing person, she actually dropped some news about Board Game Geek and Keyforge through the episode, so keep your ears peaked for that. The Keyforge Public Radio website and social media accounts will continue to exist, and if I need to share my opinion on things, I will publish a blog post or take to social media if I want to celebrate things happening in Keyforge in my local scene or chat about Keyforge in those places. So I will still have a presence there. However, uh, this feed will go quiet uh, simply to get me a little bit more breathing room with the business and with the other things going on in my life. So stay in touch. Keep enjoying Keyforge. And one last time, let's get sweaty. Welcome to Keyforge Public Radio with your host, Zach Armstrong. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Keyforge Public Radio. As usual, I'm your host, Zach Armstrong. And today we have a lovely interview with Candace Harris of Board Game Geek. Candace is, yes, a Keyforge player a bit more recently, which is uh, why she's here, but she is also a uh, Philadelphia to LA transplant, a drummer, a board game designer with the music theme deck builder stage left in development. Uh, she was dubbed by Rob's Tabletop World the future of wargaming, and uh, unfortunately for her shoulder, she might be the future of Keyforge too. Well, she, that's probably a plurality of the nerd world she's taking on there. Uh, and she even recently took the love of board games over to the world of finance in episode 1,440, which is an insane number of episodes, by the way, of the podcast Stacking Benjamins. So she's all over the place with this stuff. And she hosts the Board Game Geek podcast and has interviewed all sorts of board game royalty, including Elizabeth Hargrave, Paula Deming, Monique from Before You Play, Corey Konitska, uh, Isaac Vega, and many others previous and many more to come. Uh, and so I, at the end of this episode, I will be uh, retiring my nerd card um, in honor of who I'm talking to today. So Candace, <laughs> welcome to KPR and thank oh you for coming goodness. on. How are thank you? Thank you, Zach. That, that introduction was so amazing. I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> 
That was so cool. You did some research there. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. Of course, of course. It was, um, I have for the better part, oh God, the better part of a decade now, maybe? Yeah, it's 2024. So uh, literally over five years, I have just regularly searched the word Keyforge in the Twitter nice. search bar. And recently, when you all talked about Keyforge at the end of a Board Game Geek podcast episode, uh, you happened to include that in the tweet about it at the very end, um, which which I could not let go, yes. uh, let go unresponded <laughs> to. So, so let's see. You you found Keyforge uh, somewhat recently. You've been board gaming, I think, since the since the late twenty teens. Twenty eighteen, right? I got into modern board games. Yeah. Excellent. And then, and now you literally work for Board Game Geek. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's a fast track if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like, it's it's crazy how, like, life takes you in these wild directions that you, ne- like, I never mm-hmm. would have expected, even in 2017, to say that, oh, I'm going to be into board games, playing, like, war games, like, super obsessed with Keyforge. All of this is just... It right. fascinates me so much. <laughs> uh, amazing, I love it, and you and you get into it. I mean, and you even have yet you even have stage left in development, which is, uh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure somebody will need to have you on on a on a uh, game development podcast to chat about that <laughs> at some time because that is is just so fun. That is <laughs> that is you. awesome. That is awesome. Um, and I do have to credit you because whenever I see people talk about Keyforge online, Candace, uh, I often give a lot of grace for them getting just a small things wrong here or there about the game. Uh, but when you introduced Keyforge on episode 32 of the Board Game Geek podcast, you got everything right <laughs> in your like five minute description. Oh, thank so. <laughs> you. I don't even remember what I said, but thank you so much. I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was a deeply board gamer description because you used the word tableau uh, as you described putting things, you know, onto onto the board. That was a, that was. I was like, oh, she's deep in it. I mean, obviously so. But uh, if you're calling it a tableau, that's fantastic. Okay, so Candace, tell me a little bit about your first time playing Keyforge. When you did that, what were the circumstances around it, and then what was the thing that gave you the strongest impression? during those first couple sure, of games. Sure, sure. So so first of all, like I've I realized especially in the past, I would say like year, slightly year plus that I I just love two player card dueling games. And mm. um you know, you mentioned I work for B, for BGG. I'm a media creator and that has like kind of afforded me all these opportunities to discover things that I didn't even realize how much I would love. And, you know, one of the things sure. I do is I'm always, like, I'll go to conventions and I'll try to find things because I'm either covering in BGG News or now on the podcast. Um, so I'm trying to, like, find things not only that I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to love that, but I'm trying to think of the bigger audience of like, hey, that, that could be neat to someone. And so I ended up at PAX Unplugged 2022 um, meeting with Justin Gary and checking out Soulforge Fusion. And yeah, yeah. And it didn't like, again, it didn't look like something that I was going to be like, ooh, 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 but I played it and I was like, ah, oh, I love this game. It's so awesome. So I got really excited about it. Got some decks, uh, was into that. And I was watching a lot of Team Covenant videos and that kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, they stuff. kept saying fab this, fab that. And I was like, what is fab? So then 
Yeah. What's fab? <laughs> Are they trying to be Gen Z over there? Because they're not. <laughs> so that led me to discover Flesh and Blood. And then I started playing mm. Flesh and Blood. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I love this game. For whatever yeah. reason. Well, I guess I know the reason. I had traveled to Asia in March of 2023 uh, or at late February for like a little over two weeks. And at that point, I was like kind of took a break from a lot of board games and Flesh and Blood and um, that trip, so when I came back, I was kind of focused more on my game, um, which is mm. super cool assigned now. And uh, yeah, yeah. What? I, I, oh I, my God. Congratulations. Yeah, I haven't really like, said much publicly about it, but yes, I my game is signed. But Candace, <laughs> are you breaking this on KPR? <laughs> I, 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 mis- I, I mentioned it briefly on the last BGG podcast. I haven't... I haven't okay, given good, much details, good. and I won't right now, because uh, I'm I'm waiting of course, for artwork to be done on the box cover. Then I'll kind of, <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah, that's it's it's Absolutely. super exciting um, that I'm I'm doing that too. So I was kind of like focused on that as soon as I got back, and kind of like fizzled a little on Flesh and Blood, not with my excitement, but just I wasn't like playing it as much with your time attention. But sure, when I got sure. into Flesh and Blood, Derek Porter, who's the video editor for uh, BGG. He um, he edits a lot of game night. He edits. He helps me edit. He cuts my interviews that I do with game designer. My game designer interview series, Cardboard Creations. Derek has mm. been playing KeyForge for a while and loves KeyForge. Nice. And when he saw that I was into SoulForge and Flesh and Blood, he's like, "Oh, I really want to learn Flesh and Blood." But he's like, "I want to teach you KeyForge." So we were like, "Okay, let's yeah. bring some decks to BGG Spring." So he brought key for to bgg spring we didn't get to sync up and play it so you know it's been it was like this ongoing thing that seemed like it was longer than it really was but then fast forward to fall of 2023 derek brought his keyforge mm-hmm. decks again and was like hey and i'm like we're gonna do it we're, we're gonna play it you know i had heard about this thing <laughs> keyforge you know i had a, a friends yeah. who got into it like years ago pre-pandemic but i never i was just like okay cool i'm glad you're enjoying that i don't I don't know what it is. You know, I, I saw it, but it just didn't, like, attract me or whatever. You know, it wasn't the right time for me to, <laughs> like, really get into it, I guess. Right. So, sure, Derek, sure. the night before BGG Con 2023 started, Derek and I sit down, and he's like, we're like, let's play Keyforge. So, we play this first game of Keyforge, and I don't even think we got to finish it. Like, we got to, like one person forging two keys and then we had to like run off to something else or sure but it was okay enough of a taste that i was like "Ooh, this is so cool this is so cool yeah. like, i love um i i just i love the fact that there's like no deck construction he's just like here here's a here's right. a deck of cards the teach was like very quick and you know he showed me the different mm-hmm. types of cards and i just like i was like oh this is I like this a lot. So so then yeah. later that week, my partner Matt flew in and I was like, we we're like, let's teach him so that like we can play together. We can play together. Played mm-hmm. it again. Absolutely. And I think I ended up playing it like three times there. And so that first game was, I believe, November 14th. And I have, Zach, I have not stopped thinking about Keyforge <laughs> since then. I have been just like craving to play it every day. I try to play it every day. Um, and yeah, there's just, I think there's just like a fun factor that like soaked me in. But the other thing that like really hit me is that, 
you know, I got into Ashes Reborn too. But like you have these games where it's like, I'm just trying to reduce your life to zero. You're trying to reduce my life to zero. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love that too. But I love this this idea of we're trying to get this resource, this amber, to forge these keys. And it's like this this tension, this race that's happening. And all these different cards we have from these different types of houses, we're trying to find clever ways to like out, you know, outsmart our opponent to make to do this faster. And oh, that just like I, I freaking love it. <laughs> so that's kind of like that's, oh that's what led yeah, up to awesome. my first game. And yeah, just just something just hooked me in immediately. That's that's awesome. The the Mario Kart instead of Mortal Kombat feel, <laughs> I think, gets yeah, a lot of yeah. people. Even that's you know, a great way to even say though it. in yeah. some <laughs> right Mario Kart instead of Mortal Kombat, right? <laughs> there's that wildness right, right. to it too, right? Um, and some uh, that feel, even though even though in even though philosophically in some ways those those life to zero games are a, a race in a different way it is racing to like do that damage to your opponent right. cuz you could you could reverse it and say i am like building my life points to to right. 20 or to 40 and it is instead i get there then like i'm done but keyforge really takes in the uh, even though philosophically you could be similar that way, Keyforge One really it feels really different with with it being a race and with a you you know reap for the amber you gather it that way. And then I think one part that helps it feel really good is uh, gating it, gating the victoring condition through yes. keys. Yes. Right. Because even in Magic, like if you hit a famous, if you're you know playing some format where it's allowed, and you hit some famous you know one turn kill, or this can happen with certain flesh and blood builds, uh, you go from a moderately high life number to zero. Like you can do it in right. one turn, right? Or in a handful of cards. With Keyforge, it's very very hard and extremely rare to actually get like an OTK or like one turn kill where you're forging a whole bunch of keys right. in one turn. Right. That's that's really the the stuff of high RNG and 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 some other stuff. So so there's a lot more built in room for uh, for that pacing and for people to respond in that Mario Kart way where you get to throw <laughs> shells at each other. Uh, because my first one of my first worries is that it would be a bit solitaire, but there's just so much of that Mario Kart oh throwing goodness. crap at it's each amazing. other uh, that it, yeah, it's just <laughs> wild. So. That's awesome. So when, so what you said you spend, you know, your time thinking about, okay, when I'm going to play Keyforge again, what, what aspect of the game excites you the most when you're thinking about the next time you play? Like, what are you most excited to dig into next? Oh my goodness. Okay. This is hard. So I think, so there's a part of me that loves taking a new deck and just kind Mm. of discovering what, how those cards work in that deck, different combination of the houses. Um, part of that is exciting, but also I feel like I've had so many close games where we will have this like, mm. oh, I got a key, you got a key, I got a key, you got a key, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, you know, like mm-hmm. that excites me and <laughs> makes me want to like keep playing again. I also had um, yeah. after, so so you'll find a couple of things kind of funny, but uh, the day, literally the day I flew back from BGG Con, um, I had to run to the UPS store to return something and the UPS store is not far from my friendly local game store. It's game time in LA. And I was like, nice. Oh, 
oh, I'm gonna conv- I'm gonna go. I know I just flew in, but I'm gonna return this this Amazon package now, so I can stop by the game store. And that's when I got my Winds of Exchange starter pack and a couple decks there. Nice. And, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> so I I got right back into it as soon as I got back in town. And um, so my partner Matt and I were playing. And we're playing a game, and it, as it turned out, uh, he was playing with a very high SAS deck, but I didn't know anything about SAS at that okay. point. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure, and, sure. Yeah, yeah. The age of innocence, <laughs> we call it. <laughs> and, and he ended up, you know, he was playing, and he had two keys. I had no keys. And you know what? I, I just was like, how can I, like... This is not great, but I'm still in it. I'm still I'm still fighting, which is another thing I love about Keyforge, even though like Matt and I are both like very similar level. Now I'm more experienced than him. But like the the fact that someone sure, sure. with like not that much experience can sit down with, you know, if you play sealed or something with someone who has a lot of experience, you still have a chance. You know, it's not like it's not like sure. playing Twilight Struggle, where if you play with someone who's been playing for 10 years and it's your oh second gosh. game, you're, yeah. you're not going to win, you know? <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but, but Matt. Yeah. Oh, these Olympics sound fun. <laughs> but Matt ended up. So he had these two keys. And then next thing you know, I got a key and I did something and I won the game. And it was so funny because he thought he had sealed the deal. Yeah, he thought he had maybe it. he got a little comfortable. <laughs> and and at this point, oh, you were asking, I was like, what was the question? You were asking me like what kind of keeps me coming back. Yeah, yeah, what's pulling you back, it's, yeah. It's those moments, it's, I definitely have kind of like when I find something I like, kind of an obsessive personality, if you couldn't tell that. Uh, sure, um, <laughs> there's been some evidence <laughs> online so like, I, a lot I of kind of go deep with things that I like. Like yeah. I, the same thing happened like with music, because like music was my primary hobby for so mm. many years. And it's like, when Absolutely. I discovered I love the Mars Volta, like I want to know every other album that every member of that band played on. I'm going to listen to those. And you just keep sure. funneling down. So that's kind of, um, you know, it's it's partially that discovery of I, I want to keep like learning more about all these houses. And I want to like understand mm-hmm. cards and they're just they're just like really fun, exciting moments. Uh, and I'll tell you one other thing to add to that. Uh, during the holidays, yeah. I was kind of like not in a great like headspace. I was kind of keeping to myself and wasn't being social. Like you know, most people are like, "Oh, I'm gaming a bunch over the holidays." No, Candace was kind of home, not feeling great. Mm. But what I was doing, <laughs> besides organizing my Keyforge decks and sleeving, because that was just <laughs> somehow like kind of therapeutic for me. But I, um, I was starting to play. I would play two-handed solo, so I was kind of okay, th- yeah. and that was fun because it's like, oh, I don't have anyone to play with right now. Um, so I just wanted to check out some of my decks. So I would play two-handed solo and just play them the the best you know to the best of the ability their each each hand's ability and like when i would draw cards yeah. back i wouldn't look at them for the other side kind of thing and sure. i sure. had this moment even with two-handed solo where and this is this is my high sass deck i think um where yeah. i had the card that says it's a mars card that says gain an amber for each card in your archive and then and I had mm. four cards in my archive, so I got f- four yeah. amber. Then I had the card. The, I think it's the Ironix uh, Mars guy that co- that uh, that Iron yes Rebel. that you can deploy, yeah. and then all of a sudden, ready each of its neighbors. 
And then so I used right. that again and I was able to get eight amber in one turn. And I was like, this is wild. And it was just so cool to see like how these cards can like combo together if you eh, play your cards right, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Memrox yes. the Red being that other creature, I think, in there, the five power where action gain one for each That's card the in the one. archive. So Ironix Rebel readying that to do it twice. Yeah, absolutely. The the joy of finding those little combos, even just in one deck in itself, right. is so awesome. And then how that deck interacts with any right. other deck you know, gives you that much more space to yeah. explore, right? And decks will decks will get better or or worse, you know, in different right. matchups. I opened a deck in the early days. I opened a deck in the early days that was an absolute beast when it was just Call of the Archons, okay. the first yeah. set. This thing absolutely dominated. Uh, it's uh, longtime listeners will will know the Randy of Bombagam, one I of my old name. decks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, the Queen of Bombagam is what it roughly translates to. <laughs> Um, and, uh, she was a very, very good deck, but the more sets came out, the worse she got (laughs) because she has very little creature control. And if you have creature control and you know what to target, uh, you can, you can generally do, do some more damage, do some more damage to her. Now she still has some very good tricks outside of that. Um, and uh, recently with, uh, uh, Alliance, right? The, 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 uh, take a pod, build your own deck format they recently changed around the restricted list and so that deck is eligible uh one of her pods was illegal uh by the old restricted list but she is now legal to be used so she now has new (laughs) life all right and my my little my little local team has been uh with this deck that's uh six years old you know five and a half years old now (laughs) we're like okay this deck has new life we can actually go back to this very old deck and try to use it right so yeah the decks the the decks have such a long such a long life to them they have such a long life to them so those little moments of discovery are just totally and then you have the the uh keyboard adventures too like i i've been dabbling i've been dabbling a couple matches against the key racking (laughs) <laughs> nice i love the key raking have, have you managed to to beat not the key raking yet? yet not yet <laughs> yeah yeah a, a traditionally quote-unquote good key forge deck often does not do great against yeah. the key raking you really you really need a lot of a lot of muscle right, on the right, board right. for that yeah yeah that's awesome so uh what tell me about some of these decks you've been playing so far is there one in particular that you keep going back to because it's it's just uh so attractive so i have you know i have what i call my sassy deck um it's a 92 Uh and that's the one that had some of that cool um and and believe it or Uh not that was in my my starter pack my two-player yeah that was one of the decks in there and um it has i actually have it right here but it has Mars, uh, Brabnar, and Unfathomable, and it's got a Berserker token. Okay. And um, nice. I'm just I'm kind of uh, excited to kind of get more familiar with that one, just because it has some of those. It oh the other thing, so you'll you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Last Monday, the week before this week, I finally decided to go to my friendly local game store. Uh, it's game time has a Monday night. Uh, LCG night and when I Ooh. that initial day I bought those decks the owner told me he's like yeah he's like some people play Keyforge on Mondays 
And so it was always in the back of my head, but I just kind of, I finally was like, I have another friend who goes there, plays Vampire Rivals. So I'm like, I'm going to show up and I want to like meet some more Keyforge friends in the area because I, I want to play more. And yeah, I went there and I showed um, those guys my, my deck, uh, my sassy deck, and uh, they made me realize, and I didn't even know that I have an anomaly. Uh, yes, that is yeah. echo charge, isn't it? I was like, yes. I kind of noticed that this has like all this like lightning around the card. I was like, I just thought it was because it was a key cheat card, but I didn't even realize it was a grim oh. reminder. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing that you're like, this is a key cheat and it has electricity yeah, all around yeah. it. So that mu- that must be what they do for key cheats. <laughs> so they were that's like, amazing. that's an anomaly, and I was like, oh, thanks for telling me what that is. You know, still still learning and loving learning. You know. <laughs> I, I love that. So you, your deck is a, a oh my gosh, Chris Specular Songbird yes. Adela, yes. I think, right? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, you've got Ecto Charge in there, which is which is so yeah. fun. Um yeah, that Memorox Rebel, uh Borker Rick, uh, which a silly little bit of Keyforge history, Borker Rick was uh the f- first uh the first winds of exchange card spoiled oh and yeah and a little ffg stream oh wow that's um, cool in the days when, when the game was languishing but they needed to give us something <laughs> and so they were like hey here's a card there's token creatures and that, then that was that's done. cool i think this deck also has um two abyssal sites i believe if I'm not, mm, mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, two abyssal uh, sites, which is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so I actually, at one point, a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was over the holidays, I, I played on TCO, and I was, I didn't have, like, I have, I, so I've been playing online with Derek, who's in Colorado, and then I have a friend, uh, Roberto, in Montreal, so we're kind of been, like, playing together Excellent. here and there, like, oh, you're free for a game kind of thing, uh-huh. and Nice. They weren't around, and I ended up just, you know, joining a game, and I was like, I'm going to play with this deck, and I ended up, we were, it was a very tense game, you know, Matt's on the couch yeah. playing his video game that he got into over the holidays, and I'm just like, oh right, no, right. I'm like, okay, I'm like, <laughs> he's, I was like, they have, they have two keys, oh no, like, you know, they just stole my amber, you know, and I'm just narrating this whole thing. Right. And then, I, like, so we were at this like two key to two key for for a while, and I I had those two abyssal sites in my hand, and I was able to uh-huh. get Oof. their hand down to three cards, and I was able to I think I took them from like five amber to zero or something, and then I got myself up to like uh-huh. nine or eleven, and that, like that sealed the yeah. deal, and that was just so exciting. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was so exciting. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. What what a what a fun deck with I mean Berserker is just so fun. Um and you have uh yeah, you have uh Kretschy, which is hilarious. Which one is that? Um that is the the goblin that says every time a player exalts a creature or a creature captures amber, put one amber from that creature into the common yeah. supply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which that one is wild because you have uh, you have a just if the timing's wrong you have a Nambo in in um, 
uh, unguarded camp, but then you have shattered throne to tempt your <laughs> opponent into a misplay, uh, or you have fresh marks, which it just crutchy doubles your value of fresh marks there, which is amazing. So that looks like a uh, songbird. Songbird looks like a ton. Yeah. And of it's, fun. and I just want to like, like kind of keep playing. Cause I, the, the couple of times that I've played it, like, you know, cards come into your hand at different points. I'm obviously not like the most experienced player, to you know, know how to like always like hold on to this and wait for those moments. But I'm 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 getting uh-huh. better, and I'm just I'm really enjoying that. But like I said, I also like I also have a deck that has a scholar, and I mm, yeah. I was watching somebody's stream of um, the championships, and I was like, I heard scholar deck, scholar deck. So I was like, oh, I hope I find a yep. a scholar, and my scholar deck is pretty cool. <laughs> um, so I've I've enjoyed kind of playing that, but so this is also another little funny thing. Um, last yeah. weekend, I was in Cincinnati uh, for a trick taking convention, and this is like just a small like okay thirty person event where like we're playing a lot of like trick taking games, and of course yeah. I knew I was gonna be out of town for four and a half days, so I brought my some KeyForge decks. And I was like, sure, I'm gonna sure. find some people to play Keyforge with. Uh, and I found a lot of people were like, oh, I I played that a little bit when it came out, you know. And then they, they yep, <laughs> that's the standard response. They, usually. they fizzled <laughs> out, but I always like to give people uh, better decks, and then I'll play like something new when I'm playing against people who haven't played in a while. Uh, so I think sure, I think I got sure. beaten every single game. And but one of them, um, my friend Lee, who's one of the people that runs uh, Portland Game Collective, which is a small publishing okay. company that's uh, putting out really cool trick taking games. But he Very and I nice. just had this like really fun game where we're we're blow- we're just like getting excited and laughing about everything that's happening on both sides of the table. And we had some close games, yeah. and uh, he ended up winning. And he's like, he's like, I'm mad at you because now I'm gonna have to go buy, him, get back into this. He's like, <laughs> he just, we had such a great time, and yeah, yeah. Like, so even when I'm losing, and I'm not somebody who's like cares about winning that much ever, but like even when sure, I'm losing, sure. just watching other people's cards and how they interact with my my mm-hmm. deck and everything. And I'll give you one more example. Last night I went yeah. back. So I got back in town. I had a flight delay, layover, flight delay in Chicago, got back to LA around like 5.30 in the evening. And I did not want to miss LCG night because I want to like make it a regular thing. So I'm like, came home, Uh ate dinner, went over there and I'm like, I'll just play like two games. I don't need to like stay up that late. So um, my friend Oliver and I played Sealed and... We just, you know, b- busted open some decks and played. I ended up getting a deck that has the uh, the Brocken band. So I had all, you know, Oh Halifest. my gosh, yep. And it was just so <laughs> yep. funny because his deck had um, Equidon and, I, I remember, and Unfathomable. Uh-huh. And he was doing things where I would like put all the band out and then he's like does something and like they're all gone. They're wiped. The, the It's a card that puts them back on the top of my deck in a random order. Oh, yes, Maelstrom. Maelstrom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, I'm drawing back the band. Band comes back out. Something right. else happens. <laughs> it was just like there were so many funny moments. 
Right. He was just trying to uh, accurately simulate the life yeah. of a musician. <laughs> yeah. And at some point, the drummer and the keyboardist started their own like side project and it was just the two of them. Right. But yeah, it was a blast. Right, it right. It was a blast. And I'm, I'm glad I went because I'm like, I want to make it a habit of of going every week. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Keyforge, Keyforge is one of the most consistent producers of that uh, that solving a puzzle high that I chase yeah. as a board game. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of it is one of the most consistent producers of that. There's a ton of value in uh you know that thing that many people do where you you know you build a little community or a few friend groups here and there around board games and you teach people a game and what you're really hoping for is uh dependent on your personality everybody would have a good time or for everybody to really learn the game so you can play it at like uh, a higher level or at least have fun while playing it and knowing what's going on uh, Keyforge is one of the quickest and then most rewarding paths to regularly playing a match that I feel is entertaining where I made intelligent choices and I enjoyed it whether I lost yes. or I won. One one hundred percent. The 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 other yeah. cool thing about going on Monday night the first time, um, so I met two new Keyforge mates, but one of them, uh, Logan, went to uh KFC and Okay. Uh, had Grim Reminders decks. So I got to play Grim Reminders l- last Amazing. week. Amazing. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> so I discovered the anomaly, made new friends, and got to play Grim Reminders. Yeah. So it was very exciting. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I have one precious Grim Reminders deck uh, yeah. so far. So far, I learned a terrible story that somebody tried to send me a second one, a dear Keyforge friend, and it got no! lost in the mail. Did it get sent back, hopefully? <laughs> I, I it didn't oh, it didn't man. they this person this person started to ask questions once they released the podcast about Bialfi right. my one deck and they were like they say they only Zach said he only has one Grim Reminders deck one. but I sent him one and it it said it was delivered in December oh, no. so it was very sad but I think I think Grim Reminders if Bialfi is any indication is uh going to well uh, two things that this deck has taught me one I do really enjoy Winds of Exchange, but oh my gosh, it was a relief. I didn't know I needed to not have to do the mental load work around token <laughs> creatures. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. where I talked about this on a KPR episode where it's, if I make a token creature, I am getting a definite effect of putting a creature into play for the cost of maybe tokenizing the thing I really need yeah. in this matchup. And so I either roll the dice on that or I do the conservative thing and I just toss or don't use the token yeah. maker, which feels bad to not right, use a card, right? right? And so I love Winds of Exchange, but moving back to a set where you don't have to make that decision <laughs> Literally, five to 50 times a game <laughs> was so good. And I think Grim Reminders is going to be even more full of the discovery of all of the little combos yeah. as you go. Because of like the scrap mechanic and the discard, the discard icons introducing kind of a new version of like efficiency in your deck, yeah. right? And crafting your hand, looking at how much of what house is where, the, and making decisions based on that. The timing of you being haunted, and or making your opponent haunted, and what mm-hmm. cards you have to interact. Yeah, with that. it is really, really cool. Yeah. So, did did you get to play with that Grim Reminders yes. deck a bit? Yes, and it was I. Nice. So Tell me about that. I learned well. <laughs> What was the card that I had? Uh, I'm not going to remember because it had Geistoid. Um, but yeah. one thing I realized is that like with Grim Reminders, I feel like 
we're going to need to know our decks well because there's a lot of like pull a card uh-huh. from your discard pile and I'm like, I right. don't know which one I want. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's what in, here? in here. <laughs> I have to reread <laughs> yeah, all of so, these. <laughs> so I felt like, um, you know, being that I was not familiar with the deck at all, like it was taking me a while when some of those effects were happening. And I'm like, that'll get better yeah. when you know your deck and you know the cards. And uh, yeah, for sure. But it was really cool. Um, my opponent, uh, Logan, had the the witch like the 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 card the queen witch or whatever where you can pull you can oh, do stuff to beat yeah, up I've, all I've heard the of other witches one. and i love untamed so i'm right, like so right. excited about that um but yeah i just i just thought it was really it, i i love how this this whole like the the discard pip the haunted the scrap effects like it, this new mechanism of like messing with your discard pile um, engaging with it yeah. is really, really cool. I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've always loved discard pile interactions. I have a Dark Tidings deck that does a ton of interacting cool. with the discard pile, and it's one of That's my cool. favorites. It's one of my absolute favorites, yeah. I'm very excited for yeah. Room Reminders for, and I think it was, uh, oh yeah, Witch yes, Queen. Witch Queen. Yeah, it's literally, the card is just yeah. called Witch Queen, where every other friendly witch, witch creature enters play yeah. ready. that was hard. Um, that was hard. Oh, and yeah. then and then he also yeah. had mimicry, bonkers, or mimicry, or oh, yeah. oh, mimicry. And I don't yeah. think, yeah, because I I've mostly been playing Winds of Exchange. Like I have a a deck display of all of the sets, and I have some yeah. kind of decks that I I like. I I I'm some I know I, I I like Dark Tidings okay so far like I I haven't played a ton of it I think I mainly was playing Dark Tidings sure. against the Kiraken um but, uh, but I, sure. so I but I was like oh this Tide thing is neat I know like it's not very popular in the community right it's a little controversial <laughs> so I but I also like early on found you know that I heard Mass Mutation was popular. So I think mm-hmm. that was the first one I For got sure. besides my Winds of Exchange, that and Winds of Exchange. Nice. And um, so I haven't like dabbled in too much. Uh, I really like Winds of Exchange. And, but yeah. I, but I'm also like, oh, I'm so excited about Grim Reminders. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like so stoked that I got in on the late pledge. So the timing of when. Oh, good. When, when mm. I played it, I was able to yeah. get in on the late pledge. Of course, oh, of for course, I picked Very good. Geistoid, Star Alliance, and Untamed, and I, I think, I, I don't know, like I don't love Star Alliance, like I'm not a, <laughs> I know it's like a Star Trek thing. I'm not a Star Trek person, and sure, for some sure. reason, like I like what the cards do, but I don't. I'm just that's that's not the, yeah, the it's vibe, not my vibe. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like. I'm more like Logos, Untamed, Mars. I, I, the Brobnar having the band, that's just so cool so and fun. right up my alley. Yeah. Um, Sanctum is another Absolutely. one that I, I it, that's almost like Star Alliance where it's like, ah, I have so much fun when I play them, you know, with like Nidapult and all, sure. like they do such mm-hmm. cool things, but like somehow yeah. like thematically or something, I'm not as drawn to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Both both of them both of them uh, seem to be uh, thematically one step 
uh, one step maybe a little a little less developed than some of the other houses because Brobnar is fully like Mad Max cyberpunk yeah. giants. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they're because m- mo- most of them are are a mashup of like a primary theme and then a wacky other theme right, bolted right. on that they make yeah. work somehow. And like shout out to like creative direction. That's that's how you know you have a good creative director. If, if you know, listener, you aren't familiar with that, what that job actually does. It's when Keyforge looks cohesive uh, when you're bolting giants and steampunk so together. Cool. Um, that's what a creative director does, make that successful. But yeah, Sanctum always has always felt like uh, they either needed another aspect bolted onto them a little more mm-hmm. strongly or going even harder into the kind of spirit knights sort sure, of thing, yeah. right? Like dive, dive deeper into the lore, give us more swords. And he- here's mm. the thing. Here's the thing. People, I, I understand, especially if you're a game designer, that like, you're like, I don't want to do like the swords and shields and like the plus right, one swords right, right. and all this sort of thing. Like that's played out. But Keyforge is so different and so out there that i would not mind sanctum having swords and shields of various cool mythologies appear as like upgrades (laughs) right yeah yeah (laughs) like i would i would not mind like a sword yeah yeah like a sword that just straight up gives like assault four and and other things and like 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 that that would uh strengthen that would strengthen that those visuals uh of like the night the questing nights a little bit more you know yeah, yeah, and and Star Alliance very much deeply, deeply. So many Star Trek references <laughs> all over those. Right, cards. someone had to tell me what all Red Alert meant, cards. and I like the card, right? But I just, yeah, I don't watch Star Trek. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they have, and they have a card. Uh, there's a rare from a previous set called "Make It So," which is literally uh, the catchphrase of uh, Jean Luc Picard, which is Patrick Stewart's gotcha. uh, character in in gotcha. Star Trek. Uh, which which is uh, quite fun for everybody who has enjoyed all of those shows, uh, like like myself, <laughs> like myself. But I can see how they how they don't land for people. So, okay, Candace. So we've we've talked about you getting into KeyForge. What uh, you've been playing KeyForge a bunch. What are um, what are the biggest uh, questions you have outstanding? Uh, about KeyForge, like, like, what is the biggest thing you're wondering about KeyForge? As somebody who is a, a, a board gamer, you are in the industry. Even, what is the biggest thing you're wondering about KeyForge? Whether it's about the game and the mechanics and you learning it, or the game on a bigger level. I think something I wonder often is like, I so when I was playing Flesh and Blood, um, pretty, pretty deeply for yeah. the few months that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a, uh, what do you call it? Like one of the tournaments. And I'm not. Yeah, they have a couple of battle hard. One of those things, I went to a game store, got whooped. It was fun. Met some people. (laughs) (laughs) But if the people are nice, it's okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. These these people are deep. I thought I was like getting deep. Right. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) I, one of the things I love about Keyforge is how casual it is. Um, but sure. I'm also kind of curious, like I, I want to dip my toes in the competitive world, uh, just cause I think it's yeah. so fun and, and I don't feel like it's this like chess tournament, you know? So I'm, mm-hmm. but I, I've been, this is something I've been trying to 
wrap my head around a little bit from listening to Help From Future Self, your yeah. podcast, every, you know, all the different Keyforge yeah. Key podcasts I've been kind of listening to different episodes on. I'm trying to wrap my head more about what does it look like if you go to a competitive event. Like I know there's like Archon format. I know about Alliance. I, I'm not quite ready to go there yet because I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm just still right. like <laughs> learning how different, you know, I don't know all the cards or it would be right, fun to right. experiment with it, but I don't think that's going to be my focus for for the time being. Um, so I'm just sure, trying to sure. understand what does it look like when you go to like a KeyForge competitive event, like the different types of things, like what to expect, and um, to see if that's something I want to pursue, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that is that is a great thing to to wonder. And uh, to, the two things I, I will say is that the KeyForge community, um, and you will you will do nothing but add to this, Candice. The KeyForge community is just such an inviting community, even even at like the highest cool. levels of play. Um, people are just very people. Many many people in the community uh, prioritize being kind awesome. to one another, and I'm seeing that already. Just Even from at, going to LCG night, yeah. you know, I'm seeing that already. Yeah, and talking to you and, and every, Sydney, and like, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so that 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 spirit is kept up there, and something encouraging. It was this was a statistic. Uh, this was a statistic that I calculated. Uh, a statistic I calculated for um, a episode uh, some time ago, looking at the uh, looking at the uh, 2023 Vault Tour meta, because something that was visible to a lot of people uh, was that you had a lot of people traveling to these uh, to these events, and so you would, uh, if you just looked for names, you could start to see repeat names in a lot of these gotcha. player lists. There we had a couple teams, and we got some great teams in KeyForge that sent a lot of people to a lot of these things, and so people were starting to wonder, like, what is what is the 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 just diversity of different players, different names, like in top cuts for ah. vault tours, and. I went and I crunched the numbers and it was something like uh, it was something like at uh, 85% of all people who top cut okay. a vault tour were like a unique person in a top oh, cut. Wow. So like it was only like 15% of of like placements were like repeat okay, people. So it seems to be a very good and encouraging balance of like, if you go super yeah. hard, right? Like if you go as hard as you're going now, right? And then you go to everything and you practice and you strategize, uh -huh, uh -huh. right? And you team up with some people, like you can regularly top cut if you just pour everything into it. There's also still a ton of space for like people who are local to these vault tours to show up with just like their best local deck. And if it is quite good and they pilot it well, you can still like top cut and and yeah, get up there. That's awesome. So it was nice very mix, encouraging. Yeah. It was very encouraging to see that. Yeah. And it looks like we're getting those vault tours again, uh those vault tours again this year and store championships and things like that. So um I don't know 
Uh, I don't know exactly how how big everything will be, right? We had a lot of we had a few new people coming into the Vault Tour season in 2023. I'm hoping it just continues to grow, yeah. Um, you know, as we have more Vault Tours in 2024, but I think I think the energy will continue to be yeah, the same. Yeah, and and I think so. You know, I've been watching all sorts of like content on YouTube, listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and everything, <laughs> and I yeah. think I, I it might have been Amber Meadies who had had a like mm-hmm. a vlog of, of something like I've been enjoying watching that and I'm like I want to go I want to go to one of these you know <laughs> it just um mm-hmm. that that's something that um yeah I I want to go and I want to like participate and if nothing else just go show up and just play keyforge with a bunch of people and meet people um yeah. so that is something like so Derek you know from BGG who got me into keyforge uh, he and I are yeah. actually working on doing a show on uh, BGG um, where we play Keyforge, and it's it's a it's, it'll be a produced show that is geared towards playing casually, and yeah Amazing. yeah so I'm I'm super I'm really really excited about that because it's like obviously we're both excited about it, and it is like one of these things where like. You know, and I know for me, like I get excited about something and I find such joy in it. So I want to like share that with other people just to see if, you know, it might not be your jam, but you might find some joy in some joy in it. So I think um, so. We're like we're really excited to do that. We're hoping to launch the pilot in March is what we're targeting. And, you know, depending on where that goes, like we maybe will try to come out to some events as like BGG media to like. Do some coverage. Yeah. You know. At a minimum, I would like to come for out sure. just just for funsies. I mean, it'll all be always be oh, funsies, absolutely. but um, <laughs> just you know, it, we both are just really excited about it and wanting to be more kind of active yeah. in the community. That's that's awesome. I think I think we uh, we will uh, welcome a uh some some other especially casual play media with with open arms because that's such a good place for for new players to check it out not just to learn the game but to really see like okay like like who who plays keyforge could i get people into right. keyforge around mine like if if there's this media can i also send it to my friends i'd want right. to get into it because and what's great about that is uh, uh, Blake from Help from Future Self started saying this years ago, and I've repeated it uh, for so long, is that the the most likely people that are going to get into Keyforge aren't necessarily like Magic the Gathering and Fab players. I think that's an important audience, but I think it's actually board right. gamers who, in their their mind, have been maybe like, oh, you know, playing a lifestyle game would be cool, but I just don't like Magic or Fab, whatever. Keyforge captures those yeah. people. Yeah, I think uh, I heard that quote so from much. Blake. I don't know where it was or either from you yeah. repeating it from Blake because I have that's kind of stuck with yeah. me too. <laughs> Try to yeah, credit him. <laughs> that's kind of what has stuck yeah. with me too is that this is like for for people who are like, oh yeah, I don't play mar- Magic or I don't want to play a, like a TCG per se, like, you can yeah. just play this casually and like that is something that's like yeah. really really cool about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Candace, thank you so much for uh, coming on KPR. Uh really appreciate your your time and your and your your geeking yeah. out uh, about about this game that uh, we both uh, enjoy so so Zach, much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you for reaching out. I was really excited to see uh, your your retweet. <laughs> um, 
when I <laughs> when I first posted about it, and I'm I'm glad I included KeyForge in the subject of my post from BGG, so that you so that we could like kind of make this connection. But yeah, it's I've been listening to KPR a bunch. I don't know if I'm through all of the episodes. I love all those playbook episodes. Um, yeah. Oh sure, you know, sure. Your podcast, Help from Future Self. I've listened to a couple mm-hmm. other ones called A Discovery and like a couple other old ones because I'm just like I want to hear what yeah. people are talking about and even even the old stuff that's maybe not as relevant in today's meta and today's Keyforge world is still just I'm I'm playing catch sure. up you know I'm playing catch up on like I've yeah. I'm late to the party here but it also seems like I'm jumping in right at the right time you know with all these like, yeah. new, you know new new sets coming out it's really exciting it's really absolutely. exciting absolutely absolutely yeah grim reminders uh, uh the the i think they they are shipping grim reminders already uh then retail will be in a couple months and then we should have amber skies uh this year and we we might actually be on that two set a That's year so amazing. Uh, so cool. pattern and it it's, it's it's so funny the things that are wins for keyboard players <laughs> with all we've been through it's like we get two sets in a what? year what's happening oh my gosh um, it's awesome <laughs> candace retweeted zach oh. um, it's like, awesome it's awesome <laughs> it's fantastic so what uh so candace what do uh once people jump off from here they have a little bit of a wait before they go and and consume ravenously the bgg uh keyforge series you and D- derek are doing uh what do they need to go consume from the board game geek podcast and board game geek uh right now uh, after they listen to this episode where so are we sending them next after this episode i would say um that's a good question <laughs> So yeah, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of things and I talk about like a lot of different games and everything, but uh, the BGG podcast, you know, I'm trying not to overwhelm people with too much Keyforge talk, though I'm like, I just kind of want to keep talking about it. Um, but yeah, look out, I would say look out for, I don't want to drop the name of what we're thinking about calling the show un- until it's like set in stone, That's okay. uh, but, sure but there thing. will be something coming. Um, I will try to, I don't know how many uh, Keyforge players are active on BGG, but um, I contribute to BGG News. And um, so at some point when we drop it, uh, when we launch it, it will be on the front page of BGG probably for a couple days. So uh, if you pop in there, um, I am Candy Drum on there. We'll also like tweet or X or whatever from, from the BGG account when we launch it. Um, so that'll probably be the the thing to look out for. But if you're interested in hearing me talk about board games um, or interview game designers, I do the BGG podcast and cardboard creations. <laughs> <laughs> right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much, Candice. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, dear listener, you're going to be hearing her on all of those things. And so thank you for joining thank us. You, Zach. I really appreciate it. Zach from the future here. That was a fantastic interview. And again, thank you so much to Candace for jumping on. Candace mentioned in that interview that Tentatively Board Game Geek will be launching a Keyforge Casual Play series conducted by her and another Board Game Geek staff member. It is difficult to overestimate how important that kind of media will be to growing Keyforge. So if you're listening this far into Keyforge Public Radio, I will ask of you this one thing. When that comes out in whatever form, YouTube, wherever it's hosted, put it on repeat, send it to all your friends, comment all the kinds of positive things you can underneath on that piece of content. 
because Board Game Geek and Candice creating that kind of content for Keyforge will absolutely be one of the major things that attracts board gamers back to Keyforge in 2024. So if if you take any action related to KPR, if you've ever followed me on social, if you ever thought about supporting the Patreon but didn't, this is the one thing I ask, is that you go absolutely ham on supporting Candice's Keyforge media efforts coming out of Board Game Geek. For the last time, this is Zach Armstrong of Keyforge Public Radio, signing off.